welcome to Hannibal's Horny Apache, a weekly dinner party where we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. And since it's his birthday of the time, his birthday at the time of this recording, we'll just say happy birthday to Brian Fuller. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. This will come out a week after. So. Yeah, <laughs> happy belated birthday. <laughs> so I am Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, my name is Celeste. I'm an artist, a nerd, and I'm new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ Neepin. I'm a local filmmaker, local nerd, and the fanable of the three. And this week we watched Futamono, Futamono, I'm going to say. Futamono. Which first aired April 4th, 2014. This episode we see returns. Someone literally eating their own foot. And Hannibal plays the most pretentious instrument <laughs> ever made. That harpsichord. <laughs> which comes up right now. So we start this episode with Hannibal playing the harpsichord. Uh, possibly the most horrifying and pretentious instrument ever made. And why is that, Sonia? I don't like the harpsichord. Like, who plays it? <laughs> Hannibal and Lurch from Ad Family. That's who plays it. That's all. Adam's family. I think, yeah, I think it's just because it's like the piano, but it's not. It's actually a little harder to play. It's harder to tune. Is it like an organ? Yeah, it's kind of, well, it's even, no, it's like a, a simpler version of the organ, actually. It's not even an organ. No. It's like a small piano, but it's it's not a piano, obviously. You can tell by the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. So I could see why it seems pretentious <laughs> that he likes to play it. But it's also, like, simpler than having a piano. For sure. mm, well, it's kind of weird because it's like um, I could play piano, but I'm going to go the next step further and annoy you more. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we see later that he is vexed in finishing his musical piece, which he began as therapy to get over Will trying to kill him. <laughs> so, Air quotes. Air quotes. Oh, therapy. He's so traumatized. Or to get over Will. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention this episode, we are drinking Barefoot Moscato California white wine. Uh, deliciously sweet. Oh, that's where I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> but yeah, we drank a, a but with my sister. We drank a whole bottle of the stuff before we started the show. So you're not and supposed so- to tell them that, Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be a professional. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is how we do it. This is our way of being Hannibal E. <laughs> anyway, Hannibal E. <laughs> but Hannibal being able to compose annoys me. I don't know. He's just too damn perfect at everything. I swear, <laughs> if he wasn't killing people, he would be a Gary Stu. Mm. Well, I think he kind of is a Gary Stu in the com- capacity he of it. kind of is. Yeah, but like, what makes him not a Gary Stu? Um, What's a Gary, Gary Stu? <laughs> you know what a Mary Sue is? Oh, Mary Sue? Okay. Yeah, a Gary yeah, Stu is a Gary Mary Sue that's a guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, but, I'd still call him Mary Sue. <laughs> but he is such a Mary Sue, though. Like, But what makes him not a Mary Sue? I think well, what is the Mary Sue? <laughs> I, no, I, I've, heard the, it, yeah. I've heard the expression. I know of it. I think I know what it means, but it's tell like me what a, you think. It's like the most perfect person that has like no, no problems. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a, a, a perfect example of a Mary Sue would be Bella in, uh, in Twilight. Like, everybody loves her. Uh, she hates herself for some reason. And the only fault that she has is she's clumsy. So it's like she has all these amazing powers and stuff that comes up that ends up oh. saving the day. Okay. So like they're absolutely perfect. No, everybody loves them. 
And so, yeah, like, Ma- uh, Mass. Hannibal in this universe is, a, is kind of a Mary Sue. He really is. Yeah. Not that you mentioned it. I never even thought about that before, <laughs> but he really is. Because he does everything so perfectly. Everybody like, loves him, and nobody suspects him at all. But it takes a lot of discipline to be a Hannibal Mary Sue, to be fair. You know, you just <laughs> oh, yeah, like... You have time for friends. It's just all about being better. <laughs> being the best at being a douche. <laughs> but I just love that. Like, uh, But I think that his fault is that he really is a vicious killer. Like, we can't deny that fact. And him being a Mary Sue is is a part of his act, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But that's, like, part of him being a Mary Sue, then, yeah. being the perfect killer. killer. And now that he, like, asks that question... You wouldn't suspect him. Yeah. I kind of want to think about, like, what faults he has. Yeah, <laughs> like, what faults does he have? Like, what might not makes him perfect? Because he can compose, he can make dinner, he can kill people. He's petty, I think. Because mm. he, he, if he had his way, he would kill Bella himself. If he, if he knew that it wouldn't get in the way of his perfect plans, uh, he hates the idea that he has to have, like we see later, he hates, it seems like he hates the idea of having to be with Alana mm-hmm. as a part of his long game. Uh, he also doesn't understand why people aren't on his level. I think that's like one of his faults. Uh, but again, it's a Simpsons mm-hmm. quote. Hannibal, if you had a fault, it would be that you demand perfection. If you had a fault. <laughs> he's a perfectionist, that's his fault. <laughs> yeah, he's a perfectionist, that's his fault. Uh, but let's see. Uh, Will reveals to Jack the Ripper's M.O. Four victims in quick order so the meat doesn't go bad. Sounder. Yeah, so Hannibal doesn't like to freeze his food, it seems. He's very, what's the main, hardcore foodist guy. He doesn't want freezer burn Yes, yeah. human meat. <laughs> Will tells Jack that if the Ripper is killing, Hannibal will be having a dinner party. Mm. And so we no, cut. Didn't you say that? Yeah, he said it's that. Like, along those lines. if the killer is, ki- if the Chesapeake Ripper is killing again, mm-hmm. you can bet that Hannibal will be having a dinner party. He said something similar to that. I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact line. It's at the very beginning. Oh, that's right. No, I didn't. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I was just trying to remember the line, and I was like, like where was I? And I thought, oh, I was probably lost in Will's eyes. <laughs> that's <laughs> the like, right response to that. <laughs> He's like, I like that one Sorry, part. I lost her eyes. Or he's like talking to Jack, and he's like, he has to kill him quickly, or, or and whatever. Because like, it's like, do you know why? I know why. Look <laughs> at all snarky. I don't like, love that. That reminds me of a uh, Doctor Evil talking to Austin Powers, and I think the third movie when he's in jail, and he's like, Ryan Power. <laughs> and he has to the door open, so they're like, oh. I'll get it. <laughs> I love those like, They're so good. It was very much like uh, uh, a cue from Silence of the Lambs when mm-hmm. he's talking to Jack. It's like, I know. Like, just because, like, yeah, just standing in, in the middle of his cage, not touching anything. And th- and when he says that, yeah, like, do you know why? I know why. And he just sounds exactly like like Hannibal in Silence of the Lambs. Well, that's how he know. Uh, Anthony Hopkins had a similar line in Silence of the Lambs where he's, like, uh, trying to get Clarice to figure out about mm-hmm. what the killer... Because uh, he says that the killer thinks he's transsexual, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. a, so he's like, "Do you know why he does it?" I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "What about this and that?" And he's like, "No, that is incidental. <laughs> it just happens." <laughs> but I love that. Uh, so we cut to after to see uh, Hannibal preparing for his dinner party, mm-hmm. and there's a cute scene with him with the rolled up sleeves and his V neck kind of open of his button shirt. I was like, "Okay, that's nice." <laughs> that is nice. <laughs> and his lovely famous Rolodex. I love how it just flips. I did that, like, um, so I bring that up later. I hope I don't bring it up again. Um, is that his Rolodex of business cards a list of potential victims? 
Yeah. Or, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, because he hasn't killed them all. Yeah? Sorry, that's obvious. I wasn't sure if that was obvious every night. Yeah, it was. <laughs> JJ almost spit on her own wife. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, like, is the list of people in that Rolodex meat he already has? Or meat that he's prepared for later? Like, a, uh, was it a free range type thing? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it people that he's going to kill for his I potential? Think, I think going to kill. I'm, I, they did an earlier scene, right? In the first season, he does something like that. So yeah, I was, I think I'm, so. I'm assuming they're just doing the same thing. It made me scared of, like, getting my own card. I wonder if he decides what he's going to use them in later. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, I, I think it's more, like, mm. random. Like, he, like, flips through them and he picks one out and then he, like, flips through them and picks another one out. Oh. And then be like... Alright, oh, this, this is the pair. It's just like the look of the draw. Mm -hmm. um, so I got a new TV recently. My sister won it at a merchandise bingo. It's 50 inches, 1080p. <laughs> but uh, So I never realized how good HD was until I got this TV, and my eyes were basically bleeding during that scene <laughs> with the body tree and all the colors. I was like, oh god, this is terrible. Yeah, your old TV was in HD? It was HD, but not to the extent that oh. the whole thing was. Because I, I, I was watching Netflix, and that's HD Hannah and I was watching it and I was like yeah, my hands are so red like you're just bleeding out of those <laughs> like Robin Williams in one one uh one hour photo <laughs> just like <"Ugh."> but um <laughs> I wanted a cherry blossom tattoo before I rewatched this episode then said no guess no <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you now you definitely want one <laughs> no Hannibal likes cherry blossoms we can't like the same thing <laughs> why does he have to like flowers everybody loves flowers especially poisonous ones <laughs> But yeah, like I wrote in here, I wrote this fucking tree man. <laughs> when? How? Just how? <laughs> like, Again, I was. How does he have the time? Well, like, yeah, no, like for real, like it's a big giant ass. Excuse me, I'm mm -hmm. just spitting because I'm all angry. <laughs> it's a giant ass parking lot. You know, I assume he possibly got a, uh, covered in cameras. It, well, exactly. Like I'm assuming, like he got it done in one night. It's like. Like, you find out later, like, where the tree and all that other junk came mm -hmm. from. But, like, seriously, you're telling me he got there, just casually drew, drove a forklift, bringing that tree, <laughs> and then dug in the ground, and no one, like... Did he have, like, a jackhammer? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and he's just, like, in, like, you know, a hard hat and vest, just, like, oh just God. doing some stuff here, don't mind me. And how did he keep the body from smelling or beginning to rot, too? Like, that would have been smelling bad, attracting animals. Like, like yeah, like, it's one of the few times where, like... I don't know. I, I I forgive every other time where they don't explain how the body got there, kind of. Mm -hmm. They speculate sometimes. But even here, they don't even bother speculating. They just see a tree and a man. They're like, okay, this is a life now. A tree with roots in the freaking parking lot. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and they just don't explain it, how that well, fucking tree got how, there. you know, everybody gets murdered in that town. They're like, oh, there's another day. Yeah, another shit happens. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we don't even bother anymore. Just it's Gotham City. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, still, I'm just like fucking like, it's the only time where I, I'm like, Oh, Forget it, JJ. It's well, I actually like thought of this too. Like, um, in later of the episode, you know, like um, Hannibal like leaves Alana to like do his like little murder thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and he takes so long. I was like, damn, Alana like sleeps hard and long. Like, <laughs> well, I was assuming she was drunk. She was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but still, that must have took so long. You have to like tie him up, and like he's like floating in the, not floating, but you know, he's tied up in the air. And I was like, that, no, that took like two hours, probably. I'd say. Yeah, um, you think so? Yeah, it's like 
But he has to, like, drive back, too, and he has to, like, wash up. I mean, that's, like, a lot of hours. But it's only manages time. That's another thing, too. I'm pretty sure nurses check on you, like, depending on who you are and what you do. Well, they, they do. check on you every half hour or an hour, not well, every they, two hours. They mentioned that uh, he had put the the uh, the pulse detector thingy on, him, on the killer before so they could get away. But I'm like, his heart rate must have been high, though. Well, yeah, like, even then, like, yeah, they see that you don't die, obviously. (laughs) I mean, they would probably still check on you. And if he was, like, a mental uh, mental uh, prisoner, there would at least be a guard at the door. (laughs) They didn't... Did they explain... Oh, yeah, I guess they they did. It was... You said it was the security guard. Yeah. (laughs) But still, I'm just like... Do they, like, check on you at night, too? Like, the nurses? Yeah. Probably, like, every yeah. two hours mm-hmm. or something. Well, at least when I was in the hospital hospital when I was little, I remember, uh, well, maybe because I was little. I don't know. But I do recall that a nurse does check on you, like, every half hour and every hour. Well, to check on your fluids case. and all this stuff, because Because, yeah, he, he was paralyzed. Like, yeah. So they would check on him more just to make sure he hadn't, mm-hmm. like, shit in bed or something. Yeah, exactly. Excuse, my, excuse my, my French there, but it's true. Like it, well, exactly. They, they wouldn't want to have to have a bigger, bigger mess to clean up, so they would check it out. So that's the only thing that bugs me about this episode. It's like all real-world shit just went out the window for, <laughs> like, okay, we're for this episode. I assumed it was Wendigo acting up. Like, I, like the way I see Hannibal in this universe is that it's, it's a magical realism universe where things like Hannibal planting a fucking tree in a parking lot can happen yeah. like some weird shit starts happening as we go further and further into the episodes and the only way i can describe it is like okay magic happened the wizard yeah. did it <laughs> and how on the show no one comments that all this happens it's weird yeah. <laughs> so i'm surprised nobody like everybody didn't leave <laughs> yeah. like all these murders like, start happening yeah, like even the doctor kind of who they have show they every christmas uh london empties out because weird shit happens every single year on doctor who during christmas time and everybody knows to leave town because <laughs> something's gonna happen you <laughs> never knew that that's really interesting like, like, there's an episode i can't remember it was during uh david Tennant series where he goes to london and notices everybody's gone and he thinks that's like the big case of the week and he's like no like people just leave at christmas because weird stuff happens <laughs> <laughs> they know better now but I love that scene where uh, Hannibal brings up inviting Crawford to a dinner party. He's like, oh, uh, I'm having a dinner party. I'd love it if you come. And Crawford's like, what? Uh, <laughs> I love that expression. Because he just, I, that he like remember like those were like echoing. they like, oh, you know, Hannibal's going to have a dinner party. Dinner party. Dinner party. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> like, I can't drop you any more hints, Jack. <laughs> It's like, look, in Hannibal's suit, jeez. But, like, you know, I'm starting to get to a point now where I feel like you have to say fucking point blank shit to Jack or else it's just like, hmm, hmm, I don't know. It just, like, goes over his Because, like, he he even says in here, I almost died because of you, he says straight (laughs) to his face. And I'm like, damn. (laughs) But then I thought, no, that makes sense. He totally deserves (laughs) you saying it right to his face. I almost died because of you. (laughs) Feel that. You know, you're you're with the FBI for God's sake. You know, do a better job. You really do, yeah. It's like Jesus, man. He's like acting like a sheriff of small town, like Will sort of thing, chewing his tobacco. Um, but I felt that Will was kind of out of character in that scene with Chilton, uh, Chilton, um, Gideon in the hospital because there's a line where he tells Chilton that anyone who finds out about Hannibal gets got, and I'm like, that doesn't sound like a very Will line. I know he's acting in that scene in terms of. I think that's all it is, yeah. He's just... Trying to get Gideon scared. Yeah, he's trying to play a part, I think. Yeah. And I just felt... That line just took me out of it. I'm like, he wouldn't say that. 
gets got. Yeah. Like, gets why got. wouldn't he say gets got? Because <laughs> like that sounds too gangstery for Will. You know what I mean? Like he just well, like he's and he's an ex cop and all that. He knows the lingo. He's just probably never. Used, it's never really part of his own colloquialism. Well, you know how some but, people who usually don't swear swear and it sounds wrong. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I I sound weird when I swear just because um like I'm such a nice person. But I, when I swear, <laughs> when I swear, I do it kind of ironically in terms of like, because uh, I always say um, do, you know, like tho when I'm talking about things. Like when I'm, mm-hmm. I, I was describing Tom Hardy's hotness to somebody, and I'm like, I, I was like, them lips do, <laughs> like, lips do. I'm like the same way, but with like video games, like like I don't swear, but once I start doing the competitive gaming, yeah, I, I swear like a sailor. <laughs> And my friends are always surprised. <laughs> I did that with a little kid's game. I was playing Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, and I swore because I died or something, and my mom was like, Sonny, isn't that a child's game? And I was like, shut up, mom. <laughs> That's why I'm swearing. Mind your business, mom. <laughs> Back to my game. But speaking of that Gideon scene, the mouse in between the cell walls freaked me out. That was the scariest That was a great thing. shot, though. Yeah, really it was like a good that. shot, but I was like, <laughs> mice in the... That would be the worst part of prison for me. Mice. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. It cuts to uh, them side by side in their cells, mm-hmm. and it shows in between the cell walls, and there's a mouse running down. Oh, I was—I think I was distracted by like, oh, this is so cool. You can see him in there. Oh yeah, see him I never even there. noticed. Now I gotta watch it again. It's yeah. creepy. I didn't like. Well, because I, I hate mice. Mice are my biggest phobia. We were discussing this off camera before Celeste arrived, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a mouse at my office this afternoon, and um, every all the girls in my office are terrified of mice. So everybody's like, "Did you really see it?" Like, yes, so like, we had to get somebody. In. Like, if I see one, if I see droppings tomorrow in that office, I'm calling the exterminator myself, and I'm like, "Get your ass over here!" <laughs> I know. I went mice to, are pretty cute. I went to Nation R Block with my mom for she's doing her taxes, whatever, obviously. And you know, we're sitting in the thing, and I'm just like waiting, waiting, and then I looked down, and I saw one of those little mouse traps, and I was like. Ah, so I just raised my because I was wearing flip flops, right? So I was like, oh, yes. so I'm just like, <laughs> like a bait trap yeah, or an actual mouse trap, like a like an actual bait trap. <laughs> so I was just like, okay. And my mom was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to raise my feet. It's okay. It's fine. I'm just trying to get comfy because I didn't want to alarm her. She's totally fine though, but still, I didn't want to like make it look like I was freaking out. So I was just like, I'm I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> just do my seat. Yes, yeah, like, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think those like bait traps actually scare me more than like actual mice. Because they, they stress the importance that something's there. Yeah, it's more they're, like, they're trying to catch something. <laughs> it's like, what if like you know you have like this like feeling like I can like put my finger there and it'll, it'll like snap on me. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of too. <laughs> what if I'm, I'm dumb enough to do that? <laughs> but I also have like a funny mouse uh, story. Uh, like, the only time I saw a mouse in my house was, like, maybe, like, a couple years ago. The only time mm-hmm. it, it appeared. And my I was playing games downstairs, and my cat was, like, sort of, like, bouncing around. I was like, what are you doing, Coco? And she, like, looked at me, and, like, and there was a mouse in her mouth. Whoa. And she dropped it, and it scurried away. It was, like, the only time I ever got scared of a mouse, because I was not <laughs> expecting that. I was like, ah! <laughs> Oh, Never no. seen that mouse again, so it probably died somewhere. <laughs> it probably died of its wounds somewhere. <laughs> I was scared. I was, I'm going to find like a little mouse corpse underneath like the recliner because I think that's where it like ran last. <laughs> there was that, by the way. <laughs> oh, gross! Moving on. <laughs> I was gonna say in that scene when Will's talking to uh, Abel in that thing, um, Will says to him, 
Like, like what, like what the, I, that's the number one question. Like, why, why would he do that? And it's like, cause he just wanted to see what would happen. And I thought that's cla classic psychopath behavior. A lot of the times they just do shit cause they want to see mm. what will happen. Cause they can't even fathom all the time. <laughs> so it's like, let's see what happens. It's like, you fucker. <laughs> well, off camera, me and Celeste were talking about, uh, the trailer for it. And how she hasn't read the book or watched the the Tim Curry version. Mm. And in it's the the bully of the story. Um, he finds a fridge, like an old used fridge in the woods. And so he's like, oh, so he's 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 intri intrigued by it. So he starts bringing kittens and puppies to it, leaves them in there until they suffocate to death, just oh. to see what'll happen. And I'm like, oh, no. and then in a movie about like in a book about like a killer clown that could turn into anything that scares you. That was the scariest part of the book because he comes back and sees that the puppy hasn't died yet. So he's like, okay, shuts the door and waits some more. And I'm like, oh my god, sick little <laughs> kid. I'll lend you my book, Celeste. You just reminded me. Um, should I say it's my sister-in-law? <laughs> Anyway, apparently, <laughs> apparently thing when she was little, uh, some I don't know, she found puppies or something. I don't know. She's trying to, like, take care of them or something because it was winter. I don't know. All I know is she grabbed these puppies, put them in the empty freezer in the that wasn't on in the garage or something, and then she closed the lid. <laughs> came back later with, like, with food or something. I don't know what. I just know she came back later and the puppies were there. In that case, though, that was more of ignorance, probably. Than, yeah, like, no, she was really, I was told she was really little. She was like seven, maybe six or seven. Mm -hmm. She didn't know any better. Oh, exactly. Just, every time people tell that story, though, they must have told that story a million times. And now when they tell it, they fucking laugh. They're like, oh, the puppy's dying. I'm like, Jesus Christ. The first time I heard that story. <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm like, oh, okay, the more you know, people tell your kids. Freezers are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it just seals off and you can suffocate people by accident. So yeah, make sure when your kids are playing hide and seek and if you got a empty freezer in the garage. Put a lock on that. Yeah, shit. <laughs> but uh, I love how, how is Chilton so smart this episode? He's so intelligent this episode about. I actually like him this yeah, time in this episode. Yeah, because his sass at repeating about how Hannibal wanted to eat his tongue made me laugh. Because he's like, Hannibal may, it, it served me tongue and then he was commenting about how he wanted to eat mine. And he's just like... Well, like, to be fair, he's been listening to Will talk this entire time. Yeah. So he's probably been, like, slowly convinced. You know, it's kind of like listening to propaganda every day. He's yeah. kind of like going, shit, I think Will might be fucking right. <laughs> and, you know, he's examining all this stuff and he hears what happens and he's like, holy shit, I think he might be right. You know what? I'm going to go tell Jack because I'll be famous later. If I, you know, I'm the yeah. one who figured this all out. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I feel like he's also playing uh he'll he'll benefit from it if he tells jack but because he also covers his own butt mm -hmm. it's like i heard it in the hospital all this and stuff i'm just telling you because it's know. like uh, my due, dil due, 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 due diligence yeah, sorry, I, I think the wine's finally kicking in i can't talk anymore that's so cute you guys <laughs> but i like how chilton comments that he has never eaten meat at hannibal's house but there's something in chilton's salad so you can mark my wolf on that like seriously it's like there's something in his salads like maybe either in the vinegar like maybe or like little the oil. bacon yeah, I think it's in the oil. Yeah, even the oil because you can use body fat too. So it's yeah. like I wouldn't be surprised if you put like a little bit in there oh, and just 
something. Some kind, some kind of human protein is in that salad. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he mentions that cannibalism is an act of don- dominance. Sort of a callback to our last episode where we talked about uh, indigenous cannibalism uh, in a, ceremon- a ceremonial context where people would eat their enemies to gain their power and make sure they didn't go to the spirit world. So mm-hmm. it is a dominance, on, a last dominance on your enemy. So s- sounds sort of boring, though, you know what I mean? Bory. Bory's the grossest thing. I was uh, reading a book recently, um, what's it called? Ashes in Your Eyes or something like that. It's about about, uh, this lady who works in a crematorium. Crematorium. Um, (laughs) uh, She was describing uh, like an old school uh, native tribe. I want to say a class of Maori, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, when somebody dies, the whole family uh, or the whole community gets together chop up the body, <laughs> and cook it. Because they consider this a way of, uh, uh, like, the body didn't go to waste. Like, even if it's rotted, <laughs> they'll still eat it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they might throw up, but they'll... But it's like an honoring thing. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll throw it up, and they'll go back and eat some more. <laughs> and, <sighs> and it's just, everybody in the community has got to eat some, some of it. And then that's their way of, like, taking care of the body, like... Uh, and sending off the spirit off to, you know, because everyone had a piece of it. I'm not mm. sure. She described it better than I'm doing right now. And then they also burn the person's house and their belongings. So then their family's kind of left at the mercy of the community, but almost always the community takes care of them because that's yeah. part of the whole thing anyway. So I thought that was another interesting thing on cannibalism. So obviously when settlers came over to them, they said, you can't do that, and started burying their dead. To them, that was, like, the worst thing ever. It's like... Oh, like they rot? Yeah, they're just rotting in the ground. It's like, mm-hmm. you're, you're... It was the most awful thing to them. Like, you're not taking care of them. <laughs> they're just in the ground. Well, I think so. that's why um, Australian indigenous people uh, don't like the idea of their picture being shown after they die. Like, uh, a lo- I don't know if you guys uh, have seen Australian TV shows, but if they show a dead body on the show, they'll put, they'll put a warning for indigenous Australians saying, like, the uh, images of dead people are used because uh, apparently it's a uh, very taboo because uh, mm-hmm. it keeps your spirit in the the human realm. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. I should ask Alec Damaji about that, but yeah, it was really fascinating to find that out. Mm-hmm. This is like really interesting to hear like different like religions and mm-hmm. like cultures, like how they deal with the dead. It's a fun thing. Well, fun thing. <laughs> it is an interesting thing, mm-hmm. just because it's um, like some of our death rites when we went pre-contact are probably similar in that. Uh, well, not not that we eat the corpse or anything, but we probably do it in such a way that it wouldn't go to waste. I think there's a lot of the a lot of the basis for things. Things don't go to waste because I think mm-hmm. a lot of Western cultures. There's a lot of emphasis on wastefulness, like uh, mm-hmm. like putting a body on the ground. That's kind of wasteful. Like, cause uh, I remember reading about how in certain cu- uh, cultures in Europe, um, there's bodies on top of bodies because they just keep building on top of the cemeteries. Mm. And so I'm like, that's wasteful. At least we like burned our stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think in our cult- in some of our native cultures too, we put them on those really uh, t- uh, tall racks or something. Mm-hmm. Like at least. I don't know, 10 feet above the ground or something. And then the birds and animals would come and pick away at the body because then that way their body's being given back to nature. nature yeah. And but it's like a nice, you know, circle of life. Thing. They call that sky burial in uh, mm. in Tibet, I think. Uh, yeah, they do it there too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I think it's the only Western people who are like, ew, like seeing anything mm. related to a body being and doing its natural mm-hmm. thing freaks people out. But, ooh. 
But uh, one thing that bothered me about the science team this episode, wouldn't they have assistance to cut that tree down for them? Like, that was the part that bothered me. I don't know. I feel like maybe they're just really picky at how their lab does it, so mm-hmm. they prefer to do it on their own. Yeah. It's I think like- when, like uh, the mural, um, the, uh, the body mural one, uh, yeah, lots of bodies. Yeah. Everybody come in and yeah. help us out. <laughs> but yeah, if it's just tree man, you know. They're like, okay, we can we'll handle it. Maybe, you know, they don't really have, like, a lot of work to do. And you're like, oh, we'll just do it ourselves. It's yeah, like, there's, Ooh, let's cut this bucket. There's no other Baltimore murders right now. <laughs> we can handle a tree. But I love how Jimmy called the victim a son of a bitch for paving an endangered songbird habitat. Mm. That pleased me. Because mm-hmm. he's like, he doesn't even care that he's insulting the guy that's dead right there. It's like, he obviously died brutally, Jimmy. <laughs> you know, the one thing that did bother me about the scene? No, Beverly. Yeah. yeah, I was so sad. Or like pouring out a forty for a homie again. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the worst part of the season for me. Like, uh, even when we get to Mason Verger, this part's like the worst part for me. It's like we feel Beverly's absence more mm. so because like I don't know, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But the idea of them having so much problems with that cutting down that tree, mostly because Beverly's gone. Yeah, no, there's not a third person there. Me, that's that third eye. Yeah, <laughs> no, my eye. Uh, my poor heart. But I love the colors this episode. The colors were very vivid this episode. Really mm. beautiful. I love the, the the painting with them. But I'm unsure if this is because of my new TV. So. <laughs> 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 the new TV is showing a new world. It's like new worlds. You well, like see new colors. <laughs> well, this reminds me of a, I was listening to another podcast for the Laser Time community. And they were talking about how one of their friends let them preview 4K pornography. And he's like, yeah, it was too much. It was like watching a play. (laughs) And I was like, does anyone really need that much porno? I'm just like so grossed out by it. I'm like, like, just have sex. (laughs) God, you're a prostitute. Jeez. But it's the same thing I feel with uh, VR pornography. It's like, just watch POV pornography. Pervert. You rich pervert. Not not that you're a pervert if you read pornography or if you watch pornography, but still, I was like, <laughs> Get a sex box. Well, I don't know. It's like to me, if if you need it to look that real, why don't you just get a re- yeah, yeah, just get a real person then? <laughs> it's like, but okay, fine. To well, each their own. Well, one of the creepiest things I think is. Um, I will always giggle whenever I see stories about sex dolls, like those mm-hmm. dolls that look like human beings yeah. that you can have sex with. Like they're basically really high res blow up dolls. And I, re- I recall reading and uh, listening in the podcast that they have a lot of trouble with people sending them back really really massacred like people will cut, try to cut them open to find the stuff on the inside and i'm like eh. oh my god <laughs> i don't know how true that, that is this is like a like a realistic yeah like somebody will, like, like they'll come back record. all messed up like cause, like the the like the vaginal the genital parts will be torn open Damn. like the stomachs will, like the boobs will be cut off it's like well, you don't get a refund, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the warranty doesn't cover that. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, I think that's why I'm like, sex dolls kind of freak me out, because I think uh, some people use them as, ex- and as an excuse for not um, dealing with their social problems. Because I remember I got into this argument on Facebook with a guy about how, he's like, well, it helps people deal with their social problems. And I'm like, no, it, it's a pacifier that prevents them from dealing with their problems in general, because you have this fake person who doesn't say no, who doesn't talk back, who doesn't have any needs of their own other than like wash her down occasionally with like a, a wet a rag or something mm. I'm like 
It just well, when you say like sex doll, it just like makes me giggle only because like the picture, <laughs> like the blow up ones, yeah. <laughs> with like the yeah. white eyes and like the the mouth really weird. <laughs> Stab one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, well, I was reading. Can't do anything weird. But I was really creeped out more so when I read an article recently about how they're having ones with settings that make make it so that you can rape them. Oh my god! I'm like, what type of people are paying for these? Like, I don't know. I'm like, put them on a list, please. Like, Sorry. <laughs> you just reminded me of a scene from Drawn Together. <laughs> And that's the, uh, Captain Hero doing that with his sex robot. <laughs> and that's what the robot says later. And like, it's like, N-O means no. Why doesn't he just turn off the chip that makes me feel pain? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful, but that's what you remind me of. Moving on. <laughs> but, yeah, read about some of these. Like, uh, a lo- there's a lot of really good articles about the, uh, was it, um, how they can be used to solve things like pedophilia. But um, but a lot of people are worried that it could just prevent, get you to a point where you don't need that anymore. So you want the next best mm-hmm. thing, which is like a real person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so using it as treatment, there's good pros and cons for that. But anyway, moving on. How do we get on a sex I think we're discussing um cutting off trees or something. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Fine. No, we'll I don't when we edit this episode, we'll figure out where we got to this topic. <laughs> Uh, but Alana's disbelief of Will doesn't sit well with me. Um, I think it's just having, it's just my foreknowledge of Hannibal's activities, like, of his later and current activities that make me want to blame her for not getting, for seeing the signs that are there. But her absolute hatred of, of Jack, of, of his suspicions that are warranted because of Will being able to tell uh, him that, like, Beverly's killing was the result of the Ripper. I think that bothers me the most. Is like, I think this is the episode where I began to hate Alana just because I was like, like, damn it, you're blinded by the D. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I find that is a common thing with a lot of chicks is a lot of time. Once they start getting the D, there's a weird thing that happens. They kind of go into a haze (laughs) and they only believe what the D tells them. (laughs) D is too powerful. He's not that good. (laughs) I do agree with you. Like, I actually do love Alana, even in, like, season one. But just, like, this episode, I was like, Alana, what are you doing? I'm losing respect for you, girl. <laughs> yeah, just bizarre. Um, But I hope the enemy dynamic between Willa and Hannibal continues. I think it does. I was reading uh, up to the later episode descriptions, and it seems like it continues. But I love Hannibal's subtle threats at Will, especially yeah. regarding Alana, just because mm. he knows that Alana's mm-hmm. seeing him now. And I love that the danger's always there. Like, he, he Will is always aware that, like, this is basically like um the wolf uh, the fox in the hen house sort of thing yeah, yeah. So i cool. do like when he says that to well in regards to friendship <laughs> it's like it's a terrible feeling isn't it <laughs> bet <laughs> nice well. uh but this is related to what uh, celeste said earlier uh, i think it was celeste uh the sausage fest of the science area is making me sad we need to remember our bev again it's mm. like, oh. I'm making her like an altar ready. We'll make a wreath. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But why do I ship Gideon and Chilton? Like, this is a new thing. Like, Gideon, like, tried to murder him last season. That's a weird ship. (laughs) (laughs) I pair Chilton with everyone that hates him or wishes him ill. (laughs) Like, just pair with him. They're just pair with everybody. (laughs) 
Paris is, that like, ship left, too. is that ship left dock? Mm, no, it hasn't. Okay. I think it's more because, like, children, uh, Gideon hates children. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, he keeps wanting to uh, It's like one of those, like, love hate. Yeah, it's like, I, that's my favorite type of pairing. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Chilton was wearing a, pa- a plaid suit this episode. So I got a message from Count D20 on Tumblr letting us know that the plaid suit that Mads and Brian Fuller seem to share is actually two separate suits. Oh. Uh, Count D20, who I assume is a lady. Uh, she told me that Brian loved the suit so much that he had one made for him, oh. and Mad stole the his from Santa. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for answering yeah, that. Thank you for answering us. Yeah. So I meant to answer that on the last podcast, but yeah, like I didn't get to it. But thanks for that information. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but um, how much does Hannibal spend on his damn parties? I wrote that down too. It's like, how much do you think this party costs? Food, wine, music, stuff. including the mm. cost of the murder to take the body to the like the flowers he had to buy. Well, maybe he like saves up for these dinner parties because we don't really see him going out for dinner. And we do see him mention that he doesn't have them that often. That's true. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like like ten or fifteen thousand dollars for that dinner. party. And he had a wait staff too. Yeah, yeah uh, wait staff and kitchen staff, and then like. Those musicians and just, yeah, all the wine. I bet he served the best wine to go with his fucking Wagyu beef. (laughs) (laughs) And his house is huge, too. It comes from Japan, Wagyu beef. It's very specific cattle that's only found in Japan. Oh, damn. So, yeah, like, that's why he was saying even that tiny bit, it's $100. Oh, (laughs) I actually, like, hate myself a little bit for thinking that Hannibal looked good in that apron. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, I was like... He does, I swear, at the so. beginning of the series, I would not find him attractive, but, <laughs> but I'm like, kind of now. He put him in an apron, <laughs> and he's cooking. Even if it's cooking, like, he would be. But it looks really beautiful. I'm looking up Wag- Wagyu beef right now on uh, Google, and, like, the cuts of meat look damn good. Yeah, like, it's marble. beautiful. Was there, like, mm-hmm. a episode in a cartoon that's, like, The Simpsons, or maybe, like, a different Oh, no, cartoon? that was uh, Fugu. Fugu. Oh, yeah. yeah, fish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was poisonous. So, but, uh, the slow motion on people eating Hannibal's food is always stomach churning for me. Like it's kind of funny and kind of really disgusting because once you realize what they're eating and enjoying, well, because mm. you know you're witnessing this like party and you know what they're eating. It's like a, a party in hell sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, they can't hear you yelling. Yeah, you're eating. screaming. You're eating people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's really gross to me because like it reminds me of the scene in Red Dragon where they're where they're showing in the opening credits uh, Hannibal's trial where people. Uh, where it's revealed in the trial that people were eating human beings at mm-hmm. Hannibal's dinner parties and somebody actually faints in the gallery. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that would be so cool to find out. Like, imagine how many people were freaking out when that happens because like, basically all of high society of Baltimore is there. Mm-hmm. So everybody in that town above a certain tax bracket had eaten at Hannibal's house. Um, and I'm like, ooh. And I was thinking like, though, when I was watching him, uh, that scene where he's cooking and picking out the recipes, I was thinking to myself, you know, actually a lot of those recipes are really hard to fake another meat, especially uh, Wagyu beef. Uh, there was like a weird one that was kind of like a bacon thing. Yeah, like a ham Like a ham or something. And I thought to myself, you can't fake that. <laughs> well, and I imagine a lot of people were being like, he was. He could have told them it was Wagyu beef and a lot of people would have been like, oh, right. And he could have just gotten like the worst cut of meat he could find. And like, would they know the difference? Probably not. No, but I have, a weird, fe- to. I have a weird feeling like Hannibal would find a weird pride and, like, he actually served this fucking ass, like, really, like, like $7,000 food. Yeah. yeah, like, I have a feeling he would have taken pride in that. And I, I think, too, he's, obviously, as we find out, he's he's cluing in that people are catching on, or at least suspecting him more and looking at him more with a... 
<laughs> a critical eye. Like. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he was thinking 10, 10 steps ahead and didn't have, you know, people, human, meat, people yeah. meat in there and actually use real meat. I actually well, spent he, so money now. Well, he kept the he kept the meat for his own his own purposes, probably. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's like, ooh. Um, I love children visibly checking out the food. It is so <laughs> yeah, just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually do love him in his episode. Yeah, because I just love how he's just like, looking at it like, what the hell is this thing? What is this shit? And his comment of, I don't want him to su- think I suspect mm-hmm. him was so he's, stupid. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> like, well, it's actually pretty smart <laughs> to like, go along with it. Because if he's but, not there, like, Hannibal might suspect something. But the problem I have with that is he was visibly like, grossed out oh, by the food. <laughs> So it's smart, but he's not, like, acting like it. No, but I just love, like, fucking Hannibal just winking at him. Like, oh, yeah, I write that in here. Hannibal <laughs> winks at Hil- uh, Chilton, and I ship them now. <laughs> oh, I totally missed that. Oh, and is Hannibal then. wearing a velvet coat this episode? I think he is, yeah. yeah. it was fabulous. I love that coat. Like, I was, like, I feel like that scene in Coming to America, oh, God, is this velvet? <laughs> <laughs> You can imagine all the women in the, or even men were coming up to him and just touching the arm. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Their hand not leaving. Oh, and just, it's like, just constantly petting. This is lovely. Or Jay women coming been, up. like filling me up. Oh, sorry. Very <laughs> nice. I didn't mean to touch. It's the alcohol. I'm sorry. But we see this episode that Hannibal is basically long, con- long conned Alana, setting her up as a back pocket love interest in case he would need that somebody to. I, actually, I actually hated that. Like he's. Using Alana as an alibi. Yeah, it's like terrible. Especially like taking her to bed. I was kind of surprised by that. It's funny too. I wrote something here. <laughs> what did I write about? Like, oh yeah, I was like for a split second, I was like, oh, I kind of ship it, and then I backtracked when he kissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nope, 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 well, nope. He's obviously using. I don't like. I think uh, uh, JJ had said in a previous episode he's not interested in sex. I think he just uses it as a means to an end in terms of it's another part of his game, another part of his jerk. Song. Yeah, it's like, because I do think he is kind of asexual. I think he doesn't get... He I think that's my favorite, like, headcanon yeah. of Hannibal. <laughs> well, and I think he's like a, a vampire in Anne Rice books. He gets pleasure from other things. Mm. Yeah. That, that he doesn't like see the point killing. of. Yeah, killing like, or art or music. Like, I feel like it's it's part of, like you said, it's part of the long game and he's like he's like doing a really long move and then just knowing what he's going to do at the end and all this is enough probably to get him hard. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, okay, it's the game that got him hard. You know, the challenge yeah. and all that. And like not necessarily not. Alana or any of the act that came after. It was... It was like hard in his head and in his voice. And then, then yeah. he can make it happen in his own. Yeah. Like, he has that much control over his body. He can probably make a hard on appear and then go away. Are we really talking about this right now? <laughs> I feel like, like the, the, you're going with like the game, like sort of like Game of Thrones or like... Like, um, that's, like, Little Liars, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> shows. Well, yeah, like, there's, you know, like, a yeah, game going on. Like, Will has his own thing. And, like, Hannibal is, and then, like, Alana's, like, a pawn. I don't know. It's really cool. Well, mm-hmm. that reminds me of a, a, a Song of Ice and Fire, which is the book Game of Thrones based on. There's a scene where mm-hmm. Cersei, um, she is not a lesbian, but she has sex with a woman in the book and is only able to get aroused by the thought of dominating her. And I'm like, okay, this is, like, the sort of thing that Hannibal's into in, in mm-hmm. this sort of way. Like, he gets off on the power, not necessarily on the exactly. sex. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty, uh, as I said I said right here, this is the episode where I dislike Alana because of her being blinded by the D. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship is kind of unethical since she has seen him as a mentor, and she does specify that he has been in an abu- uh, in a higher position than her when she was a student. Mm-hmm. And so there seems to be a really big power imbalance. It's like he was sort of, uh, what's the word, grooming her 
for the uh, as a potential love interest. And I'm kind of like, Ugh. it's like the professor student kink. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm kind of into. <laughs> but I hate them both, so I have a lot of excuses for why I think it's wrong. Well, I think it's because it's like kind of flaky in a bit. Because yeah. like up until like she kissed Hannibal, she was thinking well. I mean. It, Mm. I understand her because, you no, know, she thinks Will is like a murderer, murderer so mm-hmm. she doesn't want to have feelings for him. But still, she's taking care of his dogs, and she's yeah. trying to forget about him. Like, they, uh, like later in the episode, they're, like, held, like, a funeral. <laughs> oh, that was Letting stupid. Go. I hated that scene. <laughs> it's like, so you guys had that sex when Will is in prison. <laughs> like, what is he getting in prison? Well, you uh, deserve so much better. His bed right and left. <laughs> Probably his left if I if I know some guys right. <laughs> no, that's true, right? Because uh, the right holds the phone, the left, <laughs> or the right's on the computer. <laughs> Sorry, oh. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> but uh, one of the creepiest scenes of this episode for me was when Hannibal was awake, staring at Alana. That, like he was waiting for her to fall asleep and I was like that freaked me the fuck out because he's just like looking at her fully awake not even falling asleep I was like mm. Mm. well he was waiting for her to fall asleep yeah and that part where he's like snapping his fingers Snapped in front of her ear that was like that was, there's the look on his face like the mask is not there that time he's like yeah. okay I'm in killer mode <laughs> yeah as my like role of the, you know the newbie of Hannibal I thought he was like going to kill her yeah because <laughs> he kept like, hinting that he's going to kill her and I was like Alana no <laughs> wake up girl <laughs> well, it's like when you're sleeping that's supposed to be the most safest part of your day, right? Like, well, technically, it's supposed to... It's where you feel the most safe. And the idea of somebody being able to kill me in my sleep, that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. So the scene really hit my hit my buttons on that type of stuff. <laughs> Not in a good way. Grind your gears. <laughs> Grind my gears. Also, his PJ pants were really, really attractive. I really love that. Were they silk? I can't tell. Probably. Sure. Uh, but I hope... Uh, oh, that sounds really comfy. <laughs> I both hate and love how Hannibal covers his ass so well. Like, how did he know he would have to drug Alana? Like, did he plan that on the fly? Did suspecting Chilton put that plan into motion earlier in the episode? I'm like... Like, again, it comes up the Gary Stu thing. Like, he knows everything that everybody's gonna do. And I'm like... Well, he probably planned for it. Like, I guess he figured, like, okay... I'll probably need an alibi. I should try my darndest to, to seduce Alana. And then, obviously, or if he doesn't, he could always say, like, uh, if he already drugged her drink, either she just had a little too much wine and slept at his house, you know, or something. He would still have an alibi. Or, I ha- like, yeah, I see what you mean there. I didn't think about that, like, him drugging her would probably be, like, oh, yeah, she slept over. But she, if, that would kind of be a flimsier alibi because yeah. she had been sleeping the whole time. But yeah, if he actually slept with her, then works out better. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's creepy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I love um, Gideon's absolutely bored face when he sees Hannibal has come to murder him. It's like, oh, bother. Well, yeah. I think it was like, I thought it was like more of like Gideon not being, in, like, being impressed. impressed yeah. But that Will was right. <laughs> and I was like, like, oh, crap. Crap. It was like, oh, damn, he was right. I love how Hannibal's just like, hello, Dr. Gideon. And, and, and Gideon's like, oh, crap. But I was curious to know if Hannibal shaved before he got back into bed with Alana. It reminded me of that scene at the beginning of Bridesmaids where uh, where Kristen Wiig yes. is like hanging out yes. with her like douchey like side hoe and like she puts on the makeup before going back to bed. It's like, oh, I just woke up like this. <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> I wouldn't put past Hannibal. I yeah, I shaved yeah. beforehand. But uh, is Alana is so damn blind by the D, and also are his sheets silk? I think so. <laughs> you know, silk sheets aren't that great. You slept off the bed during <laughs> I the I slept on sheets. <laughs> doesn't feel that great. It's like, unless you yourself are also like lotioned and silky. <sighs> If you're just Where your you're regular like you going to bed, kind of roughy skin, like whatever. If you have even like a little bit of hair on your body, your dry heels are stripping yeah. the sheets. Just, just scraping up. Oh, the- actually, I can picture that. <laughs> I'm just saying, they're not as comfy as people play them up to. Where do. did you go? They have silk sheets. Is that a hotel? Uh, or is this an Anne Rice thing? Me <laughs> <laughs> and JJ are both into heavily into Anne Rice. Of um, course. Yeah, it was at a hotel. It was a weird, like, weird thing. Uh, we got our, our room upgraded because there's something wrong with our room or something. So me and my sister were in, like, one of these fancy-ass rooms um, vacating. It was just like, you're in this room. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the cost. And they were, like, fucking silk sheets. And I was like, oh, shit. It's- so we're all grimy <laughs> from being on vacation. So, like, half the time you could just hear us scraping on the... <laughs> hear our feet just... Oh my god! <laughs> it was like it, it just like reminds out. me of um, that scene. Like one of my favorite shows is the Mini Project, and there's like a scene where like she's trying to have a sexy time with like silk cheeks because the guy she's dating is like a fancy dude, and she's like, oh oh yeah, and she like slid off. She's like, oh god no! <laughs> <laughs> she's like, don't look at me. <laughs> Oh, but I love Hannibal's house. Hannibal has a really beautiful house. I'm yes. just like, like I hate him. His house is beautiful though. Like I really love the dark walls. Like, like uh, there we see a shot of uh, samurai gear in his hallway, across from his bedroom, and uh, it's kind of a sh- well, it is a shadow to Hannibal rising, and that armor probably belongs to his aunt, who hmm. we'll meet in season three. Oh, I was wondering about that because no, they kind of like. We find that out in season three, though. But we don't we, meet her. We meet her in season three. No, we don't. <laughs> That's not his aunt. That is his aunt. No, by marriage. <laughs> no, it's not it. The, the the actual physical woman we meet in season three isn't his aunt. She says to Will on the train, "I was a child with Hannibal. She was an assistant, like a like a maid, like a handmaiden for to, his aunt. To, for his aunt." That's not his aunt. Mine. Well, maybe it's the real way. It's like she immune to time at all. Do you like know like an older chick and you call her auntie because you know she's like a friend of the family? Maybe it's like sort of that. In my defense, no. she could have been the same age as him. He grew up and his his uncle married her. Well, that well, okay. No, I agree. Like when I first saw it, I thought they casted really young for his aunt, and then she explains who she is, and oh, I'm like, I like, oh, okay. So I'm like that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Otherwise, that's just like fucking like misogyny up the ass. <laughs> it's well, like oh, I'm sixty years old or whatever, but I look twenty. <laughs> Well, that bothers me because, like, uh, they're casting Aquaman's mother in uh, the next Aquaman film. And Nicole Kidman is playing Aquaman's mother in the in the movie. Aqu- uh, and Nicole Kidman is uh, five years older than Jason Momoa's wife. And I'm like, um, <laughs> why, why would they do that? There's so many, like, great like, actresses yeah. that played it. And technically, she could probably be, like, an immortal. Like in that case, it's like okay, that's fine. But I, I still hate that thing. It's kind of the it's kind of the petty reason I don't want to see Spider Man because I'm like okay, um, Robert Downey Jr. and the woman who plays Spider Man's aunt in that movie are the same age, mm-hmm. and I'm like so in the Marvel universe at the age of whatever RDJ's I think he's like fifty. If at fifty you can either be Iron Man if you're a good dude, or you can be Aunt May. That's all. 
And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I keep crying. But uh, yeah, ageism in Hollywood bothers me. I'm sorry, how did we get on the topic? Oh, yeah. Because you were saying it was, it was the ant in season three, and it's not. But I still like, like that um, inspired man. Like, uh, Peter Parker is actually a teenager. Yeah. He looks like it. At least that's what's great about that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I really like that part because I, I really hate when they they use cast people. Like, when, when it's someone's obviously 24. Like, that's why I don't like Riverdale, kind of, because everybody looks a little bit older that's than 18. Really? Like, all, like, high school, like, movies and shows is that they're much older and than... That's also le- legal. It's a legal thing, thing yeah. Yeah, because if they're um, having sex, then they need to be above 18. And uh, if you want to work them more than eight hours, they need to be of legal age. Yeah. So, yeah, so. technically you'll hire Somebody. an older kid. Yeah, because I'm having that problem right now with my current uh, <laughs> film because... Uh, it's uh, underage actors. Uh, most of them are under 14, but my two leads are uh, about to be 16. And so they keep, they're twins, and they cutely ask me, like, uh, Sonia, do we really have to have an adult on set? We're almost 16. And I'm like, yes. Yes, you do. Uh, I wanted a corn tattoo when I was 15, so that's why you need an adult on set. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, I love you guys, but. It's a really, like, little mermaid. She's like, I am 16. I am 16. I'm, I'm an adult. I can I'm do whatever I want. So like, no. You're still a baby. <laughs> and it's weird because, like, when I was 16, I thought that. Like, I'm an adult. Like, I am a, I'm a grown-up. I can do what I want. And then I'm like, no, bloody hell, I can't. Uh, okay. So, but, uh, so, this episode, we have a segment where two men enjoy a meal together. One of whom is eating his own leg. So, mm. this, inspired by this, today's Under the Table segment. <laughs> focuses on Armin Muse. I'm going to say Muse. I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. But anyway, Muse was a computer repair tech born in Essen, West Germany, and living in Rottenburg at the time of his crimes. He was described as just like any other child. He loved animals and found living in the German countryside idyllic. At the age of five, his father abandoned the family, followed shortly by his half-brothers leaving home. In his later life, he found a second life on the internet after his mother's death. He stumbled upon chat rooms about cannibalism, where there were people offering themselves up to be eaten. During his later trial, German prosecutors described how Muse had fantasized about killing and devouring somebody, including his classmates from the age of eight. Muse posted an ad on a website called Cannibal Cafe, looking for a well-built 18-30 to year old to be slaughtered and then consumed. Muse met people in hotel rooms where they role-played cannibalistic acts, but no one was actually willing to go through with it, obviously. Mm. Uh, Muse did not attempt to force them to do anything against their will. According to Muse, he met Burns Brands after he replied to an ad Brands had placed on the internet titled Dinner or Your Dinner and offered the chance to eat him alive. In an interview from prison, Muse describes the moment Brand stepped off the train when they first met as him being nervous and excited. The two had sex at Muse's home, but he said Brands was not satisfied, adding he wanted to be eaten alive. The two made a videotape showcasing Muse's amputating Brand's penis with Brand's agreement and the two men attempting to eat it together. Before Brown's ultimate demise. Before doing so, Brown swallowed 20 sleeping pills and half a bottle of schnapps. Brown's initially insisted that Muse attempt to bite his penis off. This did not work, and ultimately, Muse used a knife to remove Brown's appendages. Brown's apparently tried to eat some of his own penis raw, but could not because it was too tough and, as he put it, too chewy. 
Muse then fried the penis in a pan with salt, pepper, wine, and garlic. He then fried it with some of Brown's fat, but by then it was too burned to be consumed. <laughs> he then he fed it to his dog. Uh, he then chopped the penis up into chunks and fed it to his dog. According to court officials who saw the video, which has never been made public, Brands may already have been too weakened from blood loss to eat any of his penis. Muse then ran Brands' bath before going to read a Star Trek book and checking up on Brands every 15 minutes for about three hours, during which Brands lay bleeding in the bath. Later, Browns got out of the bath and collapsed, falling into unconsciousness due to blood loss. Muse then claims to have dragged him upstairs. Browns continued to drift in and out of consciousness before finally collapsing again. After a long hesitation and prayer, Muse killed Browns by stabbing him in the throat, after which he hung the body on a meat hook. And the incident was recorded on a four-hour videotape. Muse ate the corpse over the next ten months storing body parts in a, his freezer under pizza boxes and in a false bottom of the fridge and consuming up to 20 kilograms of the flesh. According to prosecutors, Muse committed the act for sexual pleasure. Muse described the act as such. I decorated the table with nice candles. I took out my best dinner service and fried a piece of rump steak, a piece from his back, made what I call princess potatoes and sprouts, after I prepared my meal, I ate it. The first bite was, of course, very strange. It was a feeling I can't really describe. I spent over 40 years longing for it, dreaming about it, and now I was getting the feeling that I was actually achieving this perfect inner connection through his flesh. The flesh tasted like pork, but stronger. Uh, Armin also inspired the badass Rammstein song, Mind Tell, which is German slang for my penis. In concert, the lead singer of Rammstein will come on stage in a bloody apron and cook's hats, like those cookie hats, and a microphone mounted on a huge knife, and he will boil alive the band's keyboard player with a, a huge pot and a flamethrower. It's pretty damn awesome. <laughs> in the video for the song, Mind Tell, uh, one of the band members cross-dresses Armin Muse's mother. So it's pretty cool stuff. Look up that song. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen, like, me and Jade's face. Through, like, <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, Armin Muse is mentioned, not by name, but uh, his acts were mentioned later in the season by Mason Verger. So I was mm. planning to keep him for that episode, but then I was like, nah, it fits more better this episode. So you get him a bit early. Mm. Um but uh, how does Hannibal have all this time? <laughs> so I must say, though, that Hannibal has inspired me to be more productive with my own time. So oh, some right. good things that comes up. I swear every time I'm cooking, I'm like, would Hannibal like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been trying to build up a routine that involves the gym, yoga, cooking a bit, and whatnot. And it's been working so woot woot. Uh, but I find I need days where I just do nothing. Like, I don't think Hannibal has oh, everybody days. needs yeah. me time, for sure. I was... <laughs> I would be surprised of him com like composing or reading is his doing nothing, <laughs> just relaxing. And it's like, hmm. Or reading, I um, so. uh, I was about to say Lana Bloom, reading Freddie Lawrence's website. That's yeah, time. I am pretty sure that's what <laughs> But I really adore Mads and Eddie Izzard's interactions on this show just because they're so awesome together. I love that. I was curious to know, I was curious to know where he's keeping Gideon during this time because he, he obviously brought him back there. And when that in the house when Alana was there, um, and I also think Gideon ate his own leg with such theatricality to stick it to Hannibal. <laughs> He's just like eating it because like it wasn't bothering him. 
Like, well, it was bothering him at certain parts. Like, he's like, why are you making me eat my own leg? Well, I'm pretty sure he's in the murder basement, because when Beverly was there, it was, it, it was uh, hinted that it's hidden. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. Gideon he's probably just, down there. He's just yeah. downstairs. Um, but I can barely stand biting my own tongue accidentally. I don't know if I could eat my own leg. Oh God, I gagged when I saw him, like, cut it up and, like, like the first time I watched that episode, I was kind of like, yeah, I was like, Ugh. but then like second and third time, I was like, all I could think about was like, that is the most fucking pretentious dish I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he made clay. clay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, shut up. <laughs> but like how mean he was to, uh, to Gideon. He's like, you're not using it anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh. Because well, he chopped it off. <laughs> well, and because he, he's paralyzed, right? So it's like, oh, he probably right. did it while oh, he man. was like alive. <laughs> well, no, he's probably, he obviously never was alive. He probably didn't even freeze it. He's like, oh. oh man. <laughs> Speaking of that, did, Hannibal, like, pay those guards to push him down the stairs? Or I wonder guards... if he did. Like, or if... I, I was just... I thought they... I, I was assumed Chilton... Organized it. Organized it. That was my always my feeling, but now that you mentioned I didn't even think of that. It's very possible that Hannibal did But, like, why would he incriminate like... himself, though? Mm-hmm. I think they did it... Like, they keep implying that they did it because of the nurse that Chilton... Uh, the yeah, maybe they did their own militia. Yeah. But they, like, threw him over, like, the edge, and he, like, landed on that thing. Well, and they could always make the excuse, he attacked us. Bullish. That's yeah, it's just like weird. Anyway, if you have answers to that question, please answer it. Please, <laughs> like, it probably isn't a in a deleted scene why they did it, probably. or who who was the culprit. It was yeah, probably, it was probably a scene. But uh, why did Jack go alone to the suspected location of the Chesapeake Ripper? This is Ripper territory. He mm. could have died. So, but uh, how many people so far has Hannibal cut the limbs off of? Again, where does he find the time? <laughs> and I suspect it was Miriam that Bev saw in the basement uh, two episodes. That's my hot take. Oh, what? Yeah. That's that's going, uh, if we go by what I know, of, uh, just using this episode, I think he, she saw Miriam. And that's why he, like, took her yeah, to a different location to hide her? Well, to hide her, and because the game was up. Well, what's the timeline then between when Miriam went missing? How long did they say? Miriam was missing for a very long time. Yeah, like, like are you telling you me, like, if long? that is who who he saw, or who we saw, that's the only thing where I'm still trying to wrap my brain around. But again, you you just said that this is one of those weird universes where things happen, things happen, mm-hmm. and we don't care. But yeah, I'm just like, okay, where the fuck has she been? <laughs> She's either been in the hole for this long, or she's been, like, in his basement this entire time watching him, like, do it. Sitting in the freaking dark. I was yeah. shocked when I saw that scene, because I was not expecting that. Well, I love that. Like, because she, um, like, they, uh, unless he, like, she's just mentioned briefly in last season, right? She comes back, like, we're on the sixth episode of season two. Like, she comes back now. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. Give <laughs> you know what? One thing I noticed about her is that she's wearing a nice dress, and you know Hannibal is the one that put her in that yeah. dress. Or at least threw it down to her, so it's the only thing she wore. So maybe, you know, your theory is right, and he kind of, like, like dressed her up like a doll in his basement. Oh yeah, like or she had like a room down there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like uh, it reminds me of like a serial killer thing where they'll like chain a person to the floor and like they can't get out of there. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh. but yeah. We, so like, what did you guys think of this episode though? Like, what is your okay? Come to the end of the episode. <laughs> what is your favorite part of this episode and least favorite and why? It was, a, it was a ride from start to end. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like this episode was really interesting. I really like it a lot. And let me flip my page so I can see my notes. Let's see. Favorite is probably like Jack figuring out the whole like Hannibal being the killer thing. Because it's, because you know, we know what's going on. And the fact that, you know, like one of them is finally like figuring out that Hannibal is the one behind it. It's like, yes, yes, you got this. You got this, dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> he can't so just kill her. He can't just kill uh, Hannibal could just kill Beverly, right? Mm -hmm. He can't just kill Jack without stuff coming up, like, because mm -hmm. people will notice if he's gone. Well, like, not that they didn't notice that Be when Bev was gone, but, like, he can't just kill him. Right. And so I'm like, yes, he knows. So, also, like, you know, like, part of the game, too, which yeah. is I really like about the show, <laughs> now that JJ, like, pointed it out. And, uh, <laughs> least favorite, probably Alana, because, you know, how she is in this episode, being, mm -hmm. like, like kissing and sleeping with like Hannibal and be like, what are you doing, girl? It's like um, it seems Speak like uh, you know, vagina denta, where like a, a, a men's fear of like a vagina cutting off their penis. That's mm. like how I see Hannibal. Like he's gonna he's gonna cut off my vagina somehow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, JJ. my organ. <laughs> he's too much, man. <laughs> Windigo. <laughs> So my favorite thing is um is just Will this entire episode. He's just He was barely in this episode, huh? Yeah, but still but he made it count. But when, whenever he was there each time he stole the scene, you know? And he was just like he was all that classic silence of the lambs kinda Hannibal thing in jail and mm. it was just I fucking loved it. He's, well I love that scene where he's talking to uh, to Gideon and Gideon looks scared. Mm. He's like he actually looks like a worthy, like, like if he actually went to, like, a different kind of prison, I feel like he could hold his own. Yeah. He Obviously not physically, but, like, mm -hmm. mentally, you know, and just, like, it'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, least favorite? Least favorite. Um, it's kind of a weird tie between, yeah, Hannibal and Alana ending up in bed. Mm. Fucking. Is that out of jealousy? <laughs> no, okay. A little bit. <laughs> And just, uh, I'm not a fan of the the roast of the leg, because yeah. it's just such a pretentious dinner to me. I'm sure it's, like, any other normal meat, it's delicious, but I'm still like, fuck, who cooks in clay? Unless, like, you're, like, I've seen it, seen it in Chef's Table, too, where one, mm -hmm. um, one of the chefs cooks a lot of his food in clay, and with, like, actual fire and all that, and I'm just like. I wonder how that tastes. Does it's it taste like it probably tastes really good. It's like it's probably like crock equivalent like crock pot where it's just mm. meat falling off the bone. Yeah. I'm sure, but mm. to, I don't know why in this episode it just felt too pretentious. Well, yeah, because it was like probably a lot of work. Probably took like four or six hours for him to do that. And uh, Gideon had to sit in his wheelchair the whole time. Probably. <laughs> so he just chill there, dude. I was like, just hang out. Like, and oh, that was it. The food would be good. Yeah. But uh, my my favorite thing this episode, um, how there's constantly callbacks to things that we didn't think about like I remember the first time I saw this episode I hadn't thought about Miriam since the, the end of her episode mm. or whenever they bring her up well, yeah because like, he probably thought it was like she well, I thought she was dead yeah, yeah like because like they found her arm she's probably dead yeah. but then I, I love that her sudden reappearance and like it starts the fan theory it, the fan theory at the time of this airing was that okay unless somebody shows up with something that you can't live without they're still out there. <laughs> so, yeah, so if your foot shows up, like if my foot shows up, I'm still out there. You can assume that I'm not dead yet. You can't sit without the body. I kind of would. 
<laughs> just let you know, knock on wood, that never happens. I'm just saying, if we're pretty sure it's Sonia's foot. I'd be like, well, shit. How do we know it's Sonia's foot? Her name's written on the bottom. <laughs> well, stop. I'm just saying. Like, what kind of life is that? So, I'm I hoping. I don't know, man. But, but anyway, uh, my least favorite thing, Alana being blinded by the D. I know I said that three mm. times already, but it's like, I've seen a lot of friends fall victim to the D, so it's like, I don't really like this episode in that case. Just like the D just makes me laugh. Like, when I went to Vegas, we found the D club, and I couldn't stop giggling about it. <laughs> well, because, like, you do you do have those friends that when they get boyfriends, mm. they they tend to disappear. Yeah, they become oh, yeah. different oh, people, yeah. right? Yeah. They, they just, like, yeah. But it's always, I always find it's a phase though it's mm-hmm. it's part of that honeymoon phase most of the time their senses will come back to them once they start getting out of that and start actually maybe even living with them or seeing them all the time then or like they're not showering or something something yeah. something will happen and then they'll start to clue in and they'll be like you know <laughs> am i doing that thing it's like yeah you are you do you are know, yeah i'm happy for them but it's also pretty annoying <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like damn it like uh, okay but where can we find you guys on the insta webs you can find me on tumblr and instagram at satuma s-a-t-u-m-w-a-h uh you can find me on twitter and tumblr as jj neeps and you can find me on instagram as jj Films. And you can find me personally as honey-child on Tumblr, honey-child on Twitter, and Ceramic Nanu on Instagram. And you can find Hannibal Swarney and Bocci on Instagram, on Tumblr. And you can email us, uh, well, I think we're H, oh yeah, we're HH Hibachi on Twitter. Mm. And please email us at HannibalSwarneyAbachi at gmail.com. Shout out again to Count D20 for sending us that awesome bit of information about Yay. the suits. Someone's listening. <laughs> Someone's listening to us. But, uh, and also, please send us any questions that you have regarding the show's content or some of the cases that we follow. Especially if you want to send me ca- uh, true crime cases that I haven't heard about, that mm. would be pretty cool. Like, Because I am going to do a follow-up probably on uh, what Carla Homoka has been up to. Uh, I don't think it's been reaching very far into the States, but yeah, like there's been a lot of updates regarding her. Uh, Vince Lee is free in our city right now. Mm. He could even be me. <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, so we we want to get more info on cases that we ha- that haven't really been talked to death on other podcasts. So, yeah, if you have any, please send them our way. I see what you did there. Talk to her death. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week with Episode 7. Bye! Bye!